You're listening to Supply Chain Radio. My name's Matt Gunn, joined today by Suhas Reader. Suhas, how you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Matt? I am all right. We're living in a brand new world, it seems, here in July of 2018. I'm not sure if you've been watching the news, but it appears that we're now uh, engaged in a trade war. Yeah, I feel like the world has gotten a little bit uh, hostile as far as the economy goes. Uh, U.S. and China are kind of going tit for tat. What are you seeing as far as, you know, the supply chain impact on that? So there's a fun story out there that happened the first week of July. You know, while all of us in the States were settling in and grilling some burgers and hot dogs for the celebration of America's independence, there was one ship, the Peak Pegasus, that was racing toward the Chinese port, laden with um, a cargo of soybeans, a big commodity product that China has been a major customer of. And they were really trying to beat the clock because while we knew that tariffs were coming at some point, and while we knew kind of generally what products would be getting these new levies imposed upon them, we didn't necessarily know when it would hit. And so right around the time that that ship set sail in mid-June, the announcement was made, July 6th is when we are going to now institute these new tariffs on Chinese imports. And of course, China responded in kind with a series of tariffs as well on things like American agricultural products, soybeans, for instance, and other things. And so the ship was steaming across at full speed the Pacific to try and beat the clock, to hit the 5 p.m. on July 6th deadline before a new 25% tariff would hit on that cargo full of soybeans. And, you know, people watched. It was really interesting because you saw some headlines in the news, major newspapers were covering it, as well as a lot of trade pubs and showing its progress up against a map. And ultimately, uh, as it goes, Peak Pegasus just missed the deadline, I think 50 minutes to an hour after the tariffs hit. And now all of a sudden that cargo of soybeans suddenly was sold to China at 25% less cost, or ultimately with a 25% fee on them, that wouldn't have happened the day before. Ouch, that's like, it's it's super dramatic, though. It's almost like a Tom Hanks movie, except without the happy ending. (laughs) It is in a way. You know, I think that it's just one small example of how things in the supply chain can change in a real hurry. Whether it's it trade regulations or tariffs, whether it's a storm is coming, you know, whether there's a factory fire, all of a sudden everything in the supply chain can be turned uh, upside down or backwards, or it can cost a lot more money than you anticipated, which really takes a hit on your margins as a business when that happens. Yeah, it's interesting too because here we are in the middle of a, or I guess the start of a trade war, and just a couple of years ago. We were actually talking about the opposite. We had the whole Trans-Pacific Partnership trade agreement going on. And so there's this different possibility of more countries opening up and different places to source from and different restrictions being removed. And then just a you know, matter of two years, which is sort of the blink of an eye as far as enterprises setting up their strategies go, you're in the complete opposite situation, which is kind of crazy, but also really illustrative of how difficult it is to be prepared for some of these shocks. Yeah, that cycle swung really fast. We went from from TPP to um, the trade war in a matter of months, really, in the grand scheme of things. It's funny, we did some surveys on the potential impact of anti-trade or anti-globalization policies a couple years ago during the election cycle in the U.S. when really we started to think, okay, maybe TPP isn't going to go through. Maybe we're going to get a little bit more protective over our goods and our imports and have these new tariffs potentially. And so 
at that time, from a survey of executives across the supply chain, you know, about half expected tariffs or protectionist measures to happen at that time. I'm sure that now, if you were to ask those same people, they all kind of understand that it did happen. But here's what they expected, if you know, and this was a hypothetical at the time. They overwhelmingly anticipated a higher cost of goods, higher risk of delays or disruptions for imports. They expected more red tape and foresaw the potential for challenges procuring materials and resources. Ultimately, adding higher costs to the supply chain. And then, you know, of course, what happens is some of those costs get passed on to the consumer. Now, while we're yet to see the real effects from this latest salvo of tariffs, we do think that maybe there will be an impact on the supply chain. Suas, you've spent a lot of time around supply chain finance and then some of the ways that companies can maybe protect themselves from these unforeseen situations. What kind of insights do you have when you look at you know what we saw versus what we're seeing right now? Well, one of the issues is that when you're setting up a business to have a global trade strategy and a global supply chain strategy, you do have to think long term, right? You have to think about the information trends and technology trends that are happening. You have to think about how you want to scale your business, what your cost to serve in different new markets is going to be. On some level, you have to think you know probably a few years out. But then, of course, as we've seen, there are these sudden shocks that happen in a very short amount of time, and they can disrupt all of your operations. So really, what has to happen is you have to build in some resilience into your operational structure so that you can accommodate for these sudden shifts and unexpected events. Building in that kind of resilience requires a concerted effort. It's not going to just happen because you implement the latest AI technology or blockchain technology or what have you. It has to be something that is designed into the system. And so I think a lot of businesses are trying to solve this problem first and foremost with getting better data, because if you don't have the ability to sort of measure an impact, so if you don't know, for instance, whether your shipments are going to be affected by a storm or going to be affected by a trade policy that might go into effect next month, if you have no way of feeding that data into your operational engine, you're not going to be able to make a good decision based on it. So I think having many sources of information feeding into a common place is something that businesses are seeing is a very valuable thing. And previously, you know, they didn't have that. They had, you know, very siloed, functional pieces of information that, you know, the data was good to do this one thing, and then this other data was doing this other thing, and they weren't talking to each other. So I think that's the first thing. Then the second thing is also when you're when you're dealing with risk and supply chain risk in general, the key is to basically have options as far as execution goes. And that also requires having all of your trading partners, your logistics service providers, your warehouses, all of that connected so that they can follow through on a decision that you make. That's also a hard part because again, it's you're dealing with entities outside of your own business. And so everything has to work in lockstep when something sudden happens. So, I mean, as you were saying, Matt, executives, they might have some of these issues on their mind. They might be aware of it. But when the time comes to actually pull the trigger and make a decision, they need to be able to make sure that all of the pieces of their company and their partners can execute on it. Yeah, you get on a couple of really interesting things there. One, you know, these unexpected 
incidents, uh, disruptions, whatever you want to call them, aren't something that you can plan for necessarily. You might see it coming, but you have to be able to react. You can't change your entire global supply chain or your supply chain strategy with the trade winds every time there is some systemic change in the system or every time that you know you have a supplier that goes out of business, etc. But you can be prepared to kind of roll with the punches and move to be agile. Uh, are there ways that businesses are able to quickly find new sources, um, new suppliers or new factories, find new trade lanes where others may have been cut off? Uh, and how so would they go about doing that? Well, again, this comes down to common information platforms and access to data, right? So ideally, all of these suppliers, buyers, factories would all be kind of connected in a giant marketplace where it's very easy to see who is an alternative. You'll have information as far as the status of capacity, shipping times, all of that kind of stuff. The world is not there yet. So right now, it's a question of it's identifying key partners to connect with through an information platform and knowing what are the strengths of each one of these key partners and building in some redundancy, honestly, to be able to switch to somebody else if this one partner is disrupted. But you want that to be seamless. You don't want there to be confusion. You don't want to be shuffling back and forth between, you know, sending faxes or spreadsheets or emails or whatever it is so that information is lost. So again, it's the idea of thinking like a network. So you're not building out a supply chain, you're building out a network that is robust, that can handle a lot of different events and scenarios and alternatives. Yeah, no, an example of that, a recent one that I heard, you know, and this is outside of tariffs or whatever, but, you know, even with kind of where China is right now, it's got a growing middle class, it's got a lot of competition, and it's not as cheap to do business there as perhaps it used to be. And even outside of, of these barriers, there are companies that are that are looking to other new suppliers in different areas. It's not always the easiest thing, though. In the fashion and apparel space, like one emerging market might be Ethiopia, say. Now, their country has its own regulations where often a letter of credit or other documentation is needed to be able to do business with a new supplier. Not every business has that ability anymore. And so you're seeing them turn to certain technologies to use the data within their supply chain to ensure that these orders are going to be paid for and that um, that supplier is protected and ultimately find new avenues to doing business at an optimal cost. So it is an interesting thing. I mean, you know, the supply chain is always evolving and always changing. It seems to me that with disruptions, especially things like trade wars or just changing economies, agility and, and the ability to really leverage that whole supply network becomes a competitive advantage. Yeah, and, and there's also the opportunity to take advantage through different global trade management tactics, like take advantage of free trade zones where you can save a little bit, take advantage of first sale programs where you don't have to pay the duties on bringing it in. You just have to pay the duties on the original first sale. There's different opportunities that you can take advantage of that exist in some of these agreements that are still in effect. But again, you just have to be able to access them, have some system tell you to take advantage of that. So I think that the other thing to keep in mind is that let's say these tariffs continue to increase, right? And there's then going to be a shift toward encouraging domestic production of goods. 
businesses don't have to basically retool all of their operations. It might require segmenting their operations even further. So maybe a certain percentage of your product has to be made in your domestic country, but then it might be advantageous to get other parts from other countries. And so like really having information on a very minute level to be able to figure out what's the best strategy is absolutely essential. And so those little things are going to add up to big savings in the long run. Yeah, I think that's an excellent point. And you really can't do a lot of that unless you have really good data. It's almost cliche at this point that data is the new oil, but really for so many businesses, especially those operating at a global scale, it's hard to make good decisions if you don't have good information coming in about the supply chain. To us, uh, you know, I don't want to go into speculation or new projections here, but it seems to me that this trade war could escalate or it could just go away at a certain point. Is this something that you think will affect businesses and their supply chains over the long term? I think it's going to be something that eventually when it starts to impact major sectors of the economy, there will be pushback on. I think that it's something that right now it you know it's a bit of that shock and awe surprise right nobody quite thought that it was going to happen and now it's happened so i think there's going to be a lot more people that are alert to it and anticipating the effects of it and perhaps trying to ameliorate it too so i think we'll see a lot of these things are we sort of settle into a state of expecting a certain thing and usually politics isn't so volatile that you know something sudden happens but it seems like we're entering kind of a different era right now where like strange things can happen suddenly and so i think now that people anticipate that there might be a little bit more like their heckles are raised so that in case something happens there might be more people that are able to to do something about it yeah, and you know so maybe sometimes awareness is the first step to kind of shining a light on a real challenge, but one that can be solved with the tools and technology available today. Suhas, thank you for sharing some of your insights on this episode of Supply Chain Radio. As always, it's been great talking to you. Thanks a lot, Matt. All right. Thanks for listening. Be sure to find us on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast network. 